the city council have the recipe for finally solving New York City's homeless crisis? I'm Jared Murphy from CityLimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. We are going to be joined now on the line by City Council Member Stephen Levin, who was a key participant in the creation of a new report from the New York City Council, led by Council Speaker Corey Johnson and Council Member Levin, uh, along with input, of course, from council staff, and then it seemed a number of advocates and experts to create a new plan uh, around how the city should fight the homelessness crisis and try to really make more of a dent in that crisis than has been made over the last several years. Councilmember Levin joins us now. Thanks for joining us here on Max and Murphy. Thanks very much, Ben. So, uh, Councilmember, talk about the genesis for this report. Um, why did the council take it on? And and I guess uh, someone might ask, why did it take two years? Uh, we've been hearing for a long time that folks know how to solve this crisis. We just need to to do it. But but maybe you guys found some some deeper issues to work through. Um, well, first off, uh, thanks for having me on the show, um, and I want to, you know, acknowledge um, the leadership of the speaker because, uh, as as I think we've all seen for the last uh, uh, really twenty years, really, um, the the city has always tried to address the homeless crisis in piecemeal fashion and in a way that. Um, has always sought to um, uh, to do things without really making the major investments that are needed to actually have an impact. And so that goes back, you know, I started paying attention to, uh, to all this probably 2005 or so when they started the Housing Stability Plus program, then they converted that to the Advantage program, then they cut the Advantage program, and they started the LINK program. And they replaced the link program with the city fest program. And, um, you know, I remember in 2005, um, seeing, um, then commissioner Linda Gibbs on channel 13. She was on like, I think it was Metro focus. And they were saying at the time in 2005, there were 30,000 people in shelter and they, their plan was to reduce that by two thirds by the end of the Bloomberg second term. So, they're going to get from 30,000 down to 10,000 uh, by 2009. And what we saw was when they left office in 2013, there were uh, over 50,000 people in shelter. That's just in the that's just in the DHS system. That doesn't include the HRA DV system. Um, it doesn't include the runaway and homeless youth system. It doesn't include people that are um, doubled up uh, sleeping on someone's couch. Um, Councilmember, I want to so, stop you there because one of the yeah. things that, and the report actually is is quite good in the sense of being uh, yeah. very, very, uh, you know, well resourced and uh, uh, researched and, and footnoted. And one of the things it does is kind of trace the history of treating this issue from Mayor Koch through Mayor Dinkins and Giuliani yeah. to the Bloomberg years. And since Mayor Bloomberg is running for president, and one of the hallmarks of his housing policy is to attack homelessness, talk about the findings of your report in terms of what happened there. There was that bold proposal to cut it by two-thirds. Um, there was a lot of excitement about that, a lot of new policies put in place. Some folks point to the economic crisis as the reason that didn't happen. Why do you think uh, homelessness went the wrong way under Mayor Bloomberg? Um, so there were a number of reasons. Um, the economic crisis had something to do with it, for sure. Um but part of it had to do with their kind of orientation of their policy, which was that it was really geared towards 
know, this kind of uh, pick up by your bootstraps mentality. So the Advantage program, for example, was very time limited um, and it did not have the kind of flexibility that's really needed um, for a lot of people that are fighting themselves in shelter. So that's, that's one part of it. Then there's the economic crisis. Then in 2011, um, um, the governor uh, cut the state funding for Advantage, which was which was 50 percent of the funding. So it's like 93 million dollars, I think, in that year. Um, and they cut the state portion of it. And um, that was in the state budget in in April. I remember when that happened. Um, and 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 then left the state uh, the city to, to to cover the entire cost, which was like close to two hundred million dollars. The city then cut it in their budget. They said we can't uh, we can't shoulder this whole program by ourselves. And then um, and then the city was sued to keep making the payments, which they did until they eventually won in court. But um, the city was in no mood at that time, even though I kept on asking as a member of the general welfare committee. Um, for them to come up with a new program, um, they were in no mood to do that. And that's where you saw this massive increase over the, the next three years. It went from, it went from about uh, 40000 to 53000 And by the time Bill de Blasio was able to get a handle on it, it was, it was at $60,000. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of reasons. The economic crisis and the affordability um crisis in New York City specifically has a lot to do with it. Um, there's just less apartments to uh, move people out to. Um, that's true. There's just within range. But now we're facing this issue around the, um, the housing voucher cost. Right. So let's um, let's come back to that in one quick issue. second, um, sure. or I guess that ties into my, my question, which is, with the cancellation on both the state and city level of, of some of the uh, voucher programs that existed mm-hmm. um, and then the sub- subsequent results, which also take into account some other factors, ha- have have we seen that doing that actually even just on a fiscal level and that that, of course, the, the primary focus is people and their lives and, and having housing and stability, but, but on a fiscal mm-hmm. level, that that's not even smart policy, right? It winds up costing the city more to run the shelter system and, and do some of those other things than it does to fund these voucher programs. Is that correct or not? Well, it depends on who you ask and mm-hmm. how you do the calculation. I will say this, that when I took over as chair of the General Welfare Committee in 2014, um, the budget of Department of Homeless Services was about a billion dollars, and today it's over two billion dollars. So um, that's uh, you know in six years uh, a dramatic increase um, in the budget, and and that's and reduce the shelter census by any meaningful amount. Um, now you know a lot's gone into that. The programs are better. The facilities are better. Um, you know, if you remember, there was a. Sorry, I'm on the on the uh, ferry right now. But um, there, if you remember, there was the story of uh, Dasani Coat, um, and and all that was in um, uh, the New York Times. Right, just uh, just before the end of the Bloomberg. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was a scathing indictment of the conditions of shelter under the Bloomberg administration, and um, and that that led to the first kind of major push by the the Bosnian administration to. Uh, take care of these immediate issues around shelter conditions, um, outstanding capital costs, 
issues with the contract. That all did cost a lot of money. They, they put a lot into that. Um, um, however, they have, um, I'd say, despite the, the, the name of their entire program, which is turning the tide, I don't think that they've really turned the tide uh, really, I think that they've they've tread water, which is better than getting swept away. Mm-hmm. You know, the metaphor. I mean, it's, they were it was they, it would have been a lot worse if if a lot of these measures were put into place by the Bush administration. So, Councilmember, um, talk about the the plan um, or the report is very lengthy and it has a very lengthy section of pages, yeah. recommend well nearly 200 pages uh if you count the cover and everything uh uh-huh. <laughs> but it has a very lengthy set of recommendations and and obviously yep. we, we probably can't go through all of them but but tell us about how do those sit relative to what mayor de blasio has done is this about reversing things he's done is this about doing something different that's like complementary is this about you know, doubling down on some of the the steps that the mayor has taken. Talk about the general direction we need to go in, and then maybe highlight what you see are, you know, the two or three biggest steps you think the city on its own could take to meaningful meaningfully affect the problem. Um, so some of it has to do with with uh, doubling down on, on existing policies, um, but a lot of it has to do with things that we've been advocating for for a number of years that are still not done. Um, and and so if you look through the recommendations, because I mean I was um, a moment ago, and um, you know a lot of them are, are things we've been talking about for five or six years. Um, so um, making sure that there are more options for uh, runaway and homeless youth as they age out of that program, um, making sure that they're um, qualifying for housing assistance. Um, aging out of that system, better integration between uh, the the uh, DHS governance, HRA governance, which is under one deputy mayor, and the housing governance, which is under another deputy mayor. And frankly, they were not talking to each other or not agreeing on on um, the path forward uh, for the last few years. So, you know, you did not have that. Um, uh, you know, particularly well integrated. As an example, there was the bill by my colleague Rafael Salamanca in the Bronx uh, that would create a, a certain percentage of set-aside units in the affordable housing portfolio, uh, 15%. That was not, you know, the the housing folks in, at City Hall were not in favor of that. Um, and, uh, but it was, it had, a, it, it, it's a big it's a big piece of allowing people to move out of shelter because you need the affordable housing stock on that to be available. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, of those kinds of common sense, uh, solutions that we think that, 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 and one of the things about this report, it was, uh, that the staff deserves a tremendous amount of credit because they worked at the reason why it took so long to do was because there was such an in-depth amount of, um, of research that went into it. And thoughtfulness, and so staff, uh, Laura Popa, Nicole Bramstad, Mary Bassett, really good, good, solid people um, that worked on this. <clears throat> um, they engaged with with providers, with advocates, um, and and the issues that actually were talked about, the issues that came up, were the issues that ended up in the report, as so, opposed to as opposed to us saying, okay, we hear all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we're only going to put in the stuff that we think 
we can pay for or we think um, that you know we think is, uh, is 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 on our priority list. Mm-hmm. It, we we put in everything that all of the advocates, all of the providers have been talking about for uh, you know years. Uh, I, I want to sort of ask one follow-up there, and then I think we're going to take sure. a listener call or two. But, um, you know, it, it strikes me in the report and, and in what you're saying that this is sort of about where uh, broader policy meets sort of management and execution and implementation and, and you know, reevaluating programs as they go and tweaking them. So, you know, to me, a lot of this looks like, you know, kind of as you said, a lot of this is things that are already in place, but it's it's tweaking them and making them work better and you know it strikes me in in reading through this that a lot of this seems to be about better you know just better run city government you know uh, agencies talking to each other more as you said maybe a streamlined you know deputy mayor in charge of all these housing slash homelessness issues um but that a lot of it is really about government just working better with the policies that are in place i don't know if you want to comment yeah on that. i mean stuff, stuff gets stuff gets caught up in red tape um you know, for for extremely long periods of time. So, um, uh, allowing youth um, aging out of the runaway and homeless youth system, or in the runaway and homeless youth system, which is under the, uh, the agency DYCD, the Department of Youth and Community Development, instead of DHS, for whatever reason, within the DYCD's portfolio. Well, they can't qualify for a voucher. So, they can't get into, um, you know, whatever housing is out there because... Uh, they have no voucher to get them out, and they agreed years ago that they would that that would change. Well, still hasn't changed. I mean, in a meeting uh, um, last week, week before, with a bunch of the advocates and, and providers, and um, you know, the 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 uh, advocacy uh, group that is for runaway and homeless youth was like, "When is this going to happen?" This was promised years ago. Um, so yes, yeah, there's there's uh, things like that that where um, you know there's no reason in the world why that can't move forward. I will say also, and I'm I, I think this is a really big um, uh, problem is you know a basic dysfunction between the city and state governments because the mayor and the governor are at odds all the time. Um, that has a real impact on 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 all of these programs because the state. Um, uh, often has to sign off on, on initiatives that the city is doing or the city has to negotiate that. That's with the agency OTDA. Well, they may have a good staff-to-staff relationship, but when stuff has to actually be communicated between the executives, you know, there's just there's this um, ongoing um, row between the mayor and the governor that that really actually impedes progress on a lot of these issues and other issues um, too perhaps let's bring in this uh, call who's been waiting uh, patiently sure. um hi caller okay. welcome to max and murphy go ahead with your question for council member Stephen levin hi council member levin craig hughes hello justice center hello hi can you hear me yes go ahead go ahead caller hi this is uh craig hughes from urban justice center hi council member levin um hello hi yeah i, I wanted to ask you two questions and i'll keep them brief um, you know, I was really appreciative, as were so many people, about the report. Um, but in, in, you know, being super appreciative, uh, there's also room for, you know, critical dialogue. So yep. one thing I was really curious about, I was really happy to see that 
you all were recommending reevaluating the youth count, and I think there's an immense amount of discussion there. Um, you know, Lou Fiddler, who was the champion, passed away, but he had been the first person to get city council to fund that in the history of the city. Um, but what wasn't mentioned in the report really uh, was the hope count. And I know you've been critical of hope. Virtually no advocate um, was, you know, takes it seriously. Academics certainly don't. Uh, for the most part, it's a structural undercount. And so I'd, I'd rather not pivot the hope, the youth count. I'm really curious about um, the hope count. There's not been any hearings on it, uh, and whether or not you envision something in the future that actually takes seriously counting street homeless people and not uh, what everyone, almost everyone. And for listeners who don't know, the hope count is the annual one night survey of very visible street homeless that the city conducts and and then issues an annual number which many people think to be uh, an undercount of who is actually street homeless so councilmember if you want to respond on whether you think some action on the hope count is is possible um yeah i mean i'm open to that and and uh you're right we should conduct a hearing uh specifically about the hope count we are we are having a hearing coming up on the city's um efforts uh to address street homelessness and so that certainly uh, can be ad- uh, addressed in that hearing. And so um, I'll, I'll definitely uh, communicate with you offline to um, incorporate any suggestions. This, the hearing is going to be coming up soon. So um, I'm eager to, uh, to hear uh, any ideas that we could put forward. I, I think it's, um, you know, it's one tool. Um, and frankly, I don't... I don't, um, you know, I don't put a lot of stock into it. I mean, I always participate in it, and I think it's 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 a, it's, it's one thing that we can do. It does get um, used. The number winds up getting used so widely, though, right? I mean, that becomes the sort of like flagship number for how many people are homeless on the street. That's true. That's true. And and absent any other absolute way to count, um, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, you know, it's it's. I think that um, the right, you know, whatever the number is, whether if the number is three thousand or five thousand people who are who are uh, living on the street, the the policy solutions are the same, and so that's what the report you know speaks more to what we think actually needs to happen in order to have people come in off the street. So that's more safe haven beds, much more aggressive timeline on safe haven beds. That's really equipping street outreach teams with real resources that they can offer to people. The reality is that street outreach teams, it's not the people that are on the street are not contacted by street outreach teams. Um, often they're contacted dozens of times by street outreach teams. The problem is that the street outreach teams don't have any solutions to offer them. Um, everybody that's living on the street knows that they can go to shelter. Uh, they know that they have a right to shelter. They don't want to go to the shelters that are offered to them because the shelters that are offered to them, they don't feel safe in. Mm. Um, so, so the reality is that we kind of like we know what the solutions are from a policy perspective. But yes, it, 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 we shouldn't delude ourselves into thinking that the hope count is a definitive number. I agree with that. Up. Last quick question. Unfortunately, we only have uh, less than a, than a minute. Um, but I, I just wanted you to you to tie together this um, the issue the issue of housing. Um, basically, you know, yeah. there's a lot of programs and and vouchers and and outreach efforts and a lot of the things we've discussed here and many others in the report. But there's also the question of 
the the need for more low income housing. And I know that yeah. the speaker at the press conference, I think maybe I asked him this or somebody else did, but um, you know, said there'll be a council affordable housing plan actually coming to to complement this. But can you just say? You know, briefly, one thing about how you're thinking about the need for more housing. Look, I mean, we need more housing that's that's uh, that's available to people exiting shelter, and that means more housing that's available to people at lower income. That means having a workable voucher system. I mean, this whole there's a lot of things about about the the the, the level of the voucher amount. Um, there's a bill in Albany, the Housing Stability uh, Home Stability Support Bill, which is um, Councilmember uh, Assemblymember Hevesy and Senator Cougar's bill. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that that gets enacted in the state uh, budget this year, which would ro- which would raise the voucher limits to the fair market rent. Right now, there's, you have a voucher. It's about eighty percent of the fair market rent. So, if you for a two bedroom family of four, uh, the voucher is worth fifteen hundred dollars. Well, good luck finding a two bedroom apartment anywhere in New York City for fifteen hundred dollars. Right. It doesn't exist. I'm gonna I'm gonna and, have this. Stop you there. We 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 did anyway. talk to Senator Kruger recently on the show, and she said she's fighting for for that bill uh, quite strongly this year. So we know that that's a key uh, component of this well, city council plan. Has to happen. Mm-hmm. People are just experiencing shelter for for years, uh, and that's just it's just it's it's so wrong. I'm sorry. I don't have time. <laughs> no, thank you. Yes, it's, it's so wrong to, that that we are allowing children to remain in shelter for two years. It's awful. Thank you, City Council Member Stephen Levin. We appreciate the time, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. 